0: Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. Looking back as we continue our series here on Philanthropy Today, at 25 years of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation in Bern, when you look back at the beginning of the GMCF, it doesn't go much further back than Mark Kanakadovil.
1: Indeed, uh, Mark has been uh, the driving force of the inception. Uh, he pulled the players together. He certainly had the conversation when it was at the uh, the center of the discussion here. And and we're very grateful to the idea mm-hmm. and the, the support of the trust company as that uh, they gave for several years in the very beginning years of the community foundation and. Uh, Mark we're glad to have you here today and I look forward to hearing a little bit of your story uh how this whole thing got started so
2: very good i i appreciate uh, you uh um focusing on the uh, the those early years and and where we've come from there but you know it's it's what's uh, happened since then that's all you know what's important um i Basically, it went back to uh, conversations, a series of conversations that I had with Jim Morrison and, and Jim Gordon, um, and our mutual, you know, recognition that we need something better in terms of serving our nonprofits and something with more stability and and sustainability. And, uh, we kept saying, you know, a community foundation would be the right way to go. And Mm -hmm. we'd get back together six or eight months later and you go, yeah, community foundation would be the right way to go. And finally we (laughs) said, let's do it. And so we called a meeting and, and, uh, we were off and running. So was
0: there any one event or activity that triggered that discussion?
2: Uh, yes, actually, um, in the case of Jim Morrison and Jim Gordon, there would be various nonprofits that would come to them and say, Hey, we would like to start a foundation for their own in organization. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jim would draft the articles of organization and and the bylaws. Uh, Jim Gordon would file for the tax exempt mm-hmm. status with the IRS, and and then you know these organizations. Said, of course, you're not going to charge us anything for these, <laughs> and, and they were glad to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience was a little bit different in that I had a couple of clients that that a community foundation would have been the ideal structure for them. And, uh, um, and so I, I, you know, was pushing for, for that. Um, what was frustrating for all of us was that oftentimes those charitable organizations would start that foundation, and then the first time they had some kind of financial emergency they'd go spend whatever money they had and Mm. the foundation didn't exist anymore. And we just felt like there needed to be something with some structure. And as I mentioned earlier, sustainability um, that would provide uh, um, ongoing support Mm -hmm. and with some, some discipline to it. What was that first meeting like? It was kind of wild. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, uh, you know, I I think there was a uh, sort of a unanimity of, of, Concern and passion for uh, this type of initiative, but we didn't really know what to do. And uh, uh, again, at, at finally somebody said, "Well, I," you know, and we weren't any kind of formal board by any means. It was just a collection of people who cared about the community. Right. And uh, I don't recall who it was, but somebody said, "Well, I make a motion that we start a community foundation," and somebody seconded it, mm-hmm. and, and we said. I you know? <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty sure that was on a Friday. On Monday, Jim Morrison had the articles of organization um, uh, prepared and and ready to submit to the uh, Secretary of State's office. And, and and then Jim Gordon said he'd work on getting our tax-exempt status. And, and, and the first check was written by Dirk Daveline. Was it? Yeah. He whipped out his checkbook and wrote a check for
1: well in the March 8th of 1999 the uh, state of Kansas gave us our 501c3 status and so uh, uh that's the birth date of the, uh, the Greater Manhattan or at that time the Manhattan Community Foundation and yeah. and later the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation so yeah.
2: well and early on uh you know it it our mission as a board um was to educate um, the community about what, what is this thing and, mm-hmm. and how will it operate? We were still sort of making it up at the, as we went along, but, uh, you know, eventually we set some goals and, and, uh, um, had some advocates. Um, you'd mentioned about the, the founders fund. Um, one of the initial concerns we had is we need a pool of dollars that mm-hmm. makes this thing sustainable. And we went to, um, uh, you know, philanthropic folks within the community, and they agreed to, to put up, I think it was $10,000 each. Yep. And uh, um, that built up the Founders Fund, and that allowed us to uh, have some,
1: you know, sustainability. So there's a question that came to mind. Was that done before the Kansas Health Foundation Challenge, mm-hmm. or was yes. that as part of the challenge?
2: I don't think the um, healthcare um Kansas Healthcare Foundation got involved until the end of the year. It was okay. about February or not February, it was probably about um, November or December. Okay, and uh, um, and I think by that time we had um, a director, just a very part time, and I'm trying to remember her name. Have been
1: Anna Lee Donnelly. I think. Anna Lee Donnelly.
2: Yep. That's exactly who it is. Yeah. And, yep. uh, um, and so, and she was the one who came to us, um, because she'd been approached by the Kansas Health Foundation to help right. support the, the, yep. the initiative. And, you know, I, I've often thought about looking back to see how did that initiative by the Kansas Health Foundation, um, promote the development of community foundations across the
1: state of Kansas. Oh it was and, significant. I mean obviously we were a part of the, yeah. that Grow element which was their challenge mm-hmm. and then there was a Grow One and a Grow Two and uh yeah. and so they were all driving forces and helping build those sustainable funds within the yeah. organization. So
2: the, the
0: greater Manhattan community in itself, not the foundation, but the the community, did they get a tremendous buy-in from the beginning or was there a a curve to getting it accepted? I
2: would say there's a curve. Uh, we, this came about or was probably best evidenced by conversations that we had with various people, um, uh, around the community to participate in the founders fund, Mm -hmm. you know, and said, Hey, we, we'd like you to contribute $10,000 Okay. Ten thousand dollars to be part of the founders fund, and that will be a an endowed fund we will only spend the income from that and uh I think that maybe went to about four hundred thousand or something mm-hmm. like that yep, and, and it's still still right there today so. is it yeah <laughs> we keep using the, the income off of it mm-hmm. and but uh, we had some pushback from some folks, and uh um I'm not gonna reveal names but uh it was interesting having some of those conversations yeah and one of my favorite uh came from uh mike daniels who had called on on a a business to help support it. And he, I mean, Mike's a pretty strong willed fellow. And he, he came back and said, I've never had my head chewed off. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. So anyway,
1: well, it was a, uh, it was a new thing and can't the community foundation world really blossomed in 1999. Salina started their foundation mm-hmm. a little bit before this one. And, uh, and that was a big push all across Cam- Kansas to, um, uh, uh keep five in Kansas uh was the motivation factor yes. of keeping five percent of the dollars yep. that were transferring out of the state in the state for philanthropic reasons. So mm-hmm.
0: was there any one particular event or gift that just really opened up the doors and said, Hey, we're moving? Uh,
2: there were several, I think, because of various amounts. Um there was a gift from a, a fellow who a uh, lifelong bachelor. And uh, um, he left, I, I want to say a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, uh, that was the first big gift that we, mm-hmm. that we received. And, uh, um, and I'm trying to recall what we used that for. Knew it at the time, but. I'd have to go back to 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, uh, it, it, there were a handful of those, mm-hmm. um, that were, that were crucial at the time. Um, eventually, uh, uh, you know, Jack Goldstein mm-hmm. got involved and, and became supportive. He had actually created a charitable fund himself personally before that. And, uh, but, um, um, uh, he said if the community foundation had been in existence when he had done that that's the route he would have gone and then right. he he became supportive after that as well
1: yeah i and, think it was the 10 year mark where where his estate came to the foundation the uh, it was about a 10 million dollar foundation at that time and mm-hmm. it was 21 million dollars and and the steel and pipe supply stock that came to the foundation so it was that's where the supporting yes. organizational element yep. came because it was exactly. twice the size of the assets right there yeah. so yeah i was a uh, it was a big moment i was at the country club when they made that announcement <laughs> so uh,
2: yeah yeah that was a that was a big deal and so um, in terms of others
1: i'm trying to think back
2: um, there was a gift from a gentleman kind of similar situation lifelong bachelor named don dodge yep and uh um, that was a, a crucial gift that that uh, that he had made and it you know didn't came out of nowhere yep and didn't even know how he got connected with the community foundation but that was kind of the interesting part lots of people when they found out about the 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 foundation um They said, oh, this would be a great idea. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go talk to Mm so-and-so about this. And again, a lot of it was just education. I remember I went to lots of meetings and, um, you know, there were church boards and Mm -hmm. uh, other charitable organizations and and just said, hey, we're just here to tell you that that this is something that exists. If it would work for your organization, um, give it some thought.
1: And we're still going to those meetings today. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
0: How about from the nonprofits' perspective, and how they found acceptance in getting involved with the GMC? I think
2: there was there was a huge divide in their acceptance level. Um, in some cases, organizations uh, said, "Well, I, I, we can't." we can't afford to have contributions that come in and have to be, you know, put in an endowed fund, you know, and not, they don't have to be put in an endowed fund, but sometimes donors, that's what they wanted to do. In fact, sometimes that's why they use the community foundation because they wanted them to be endowed. They didn't want the organization to, uh, you know, end up, you know, you exhausting the funds because they had some financial emergency. They, you know, it was forcing them to mm. plan ahead. And, uh, I, I had some, some pretty, you know, uh, difficult conversations with some folks that, that I respected, but I said, you're never going to get ahead. Um, if you don't start planning for the future. Mm. And, uh, and one was a, a situation where, um, Ann and I made a, a gift and they said well and we we wanted to put it in a uh you know foundation um account for this organization and they said well we need the money today i said you don't get it unless it goes into the foundation <laughs> and now they have a, a pretty significant fund yeah. now so when you first
0: make this organization did you kind of set down an outline of core values principles that it was important for for the gmcf as it was named at that not not named at that time
2: i don't know that we had them you know as a a statement of of values but there were certain things we talked about we wanted the organization to be um what's the right term sort of not ambivalent but um agnostic i guess with respect to the charitable purposes that were were involved we were there to be a tool not to be a cause within itself right and uh, and i know at at some point uh, this was long after i was off the board but still heavily involved and the, there'd been sort of a turnover of the board. And then they decided that they wanted to uh, have a signature project. And when I heard about it, I thought, no, that's not what <laughs> we're, we're not here to you know, be a charitable cause. We're here to support causes and right. be agnostic with respect to that. And uh, um, that initiative that they were pursuing at that time didn't go very far, <laughs> actually. So the, the situation sort of solved or resolved itself. But uh, on the other hand, uh, it, uh, uh, th- that would be one of the founding principles, I think, that um, we also want to be very efficient and, and, and make sure that uh, we have, you know, stability Um, nothing could be worse than have an organization that propose, you know, says they will be stable and then they're not. So
0: when you look back at 25 years, you know, there's a, a lot of things that have transpired and transitioned into where the greater Manhattan community foundation is, Mm -hmm. as we approach our 25th anniversary, what are some of those significant things, those significant, um, opportunities that the foundation has created to help it get to where it has been today?
2: Well, probably the most visible is you know the Grow Green, via, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Vern was at the the head of that that initiative, and and it's just gone fabulous, and obviously had huge support from uh, Phil and Margaret Howe, and and uh, uh, but uh, you know great ideas, you know. I, the other thing that early on we decided our first time we set a goal, it was gonna be ten million in two thousand ten, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was ten ten and ten is what okay. we came up with. Mm-hmm. And I remember Jim Morrison kind of scoffed at that. He said, ah, well we don't ever make it. And we made it easily, <sighs> you know. And but, you know, then you go from that You know, and some people say, oh, now we can kind of catch our breath. No, I mean, we're just getting started, you
1: know. So, well, that's exactly right. And and to uh, to backtrack a little bit, uh, Liz Workman, my predecessor, was should get the credit. Elaine, do for get the credit for the idea of the match day. I happen to be here for the first match day. Oh, but, okay, I, uh, I get the re- reciprocal effect of uh, being in the chair, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, I want to make sure we throw out the accolades that, uh, to Liz and Elaine mm-hmm. at that right. That that's time. mighty kind of you to clarify that for
0: everybody. <laughs> so, so you you
1: You know, you talk about
0: Grow Green Match Day and the significance that that has um, has created for the foundation. How about uh, the expansion outside the city of Manhattan uh, with the affiliate and partnership Mm -hmm. programs?
2: You know, that it's interesting because that was one of the first things we did. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had um, particularly there was a group from Dover, Kansas, Mm -hmm. and they were at the seat with us. Early on, I think it was in that that first year, um, Jim Gordon had a relationship with um, a fellow there that was uh, a leader in their community, and they had already had a relationship with um, the Topeka Community Foundation, but there were some policies or something that didn't work for them very well, and so they approached Jim about it because they knew he was on the board, and, mm-hmm. and pretty soon we were off and running with that, and that um, uh, idea... It, it, Expanded to a couple of other communities, but you've taken it to a much higher level. I don't know what are they there, fifteen now or 20? twenty. Twenty.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dover and Frankfurt were were with us. Uh, we're the only two until two thousand thirteen, and then uh, shortly after, then Oamego, Marysville, okay. Junction City started getting in the conversation, and this year we're now at twenty. So yeah. it's uh, okay. it's grown significantly, and we also have three three uh, educational foundations that we oversee as well. So. Mm-hmm. If you could get
0: Jim Gordon, Jim Morrison, and you together to talk again about where the Community Foundation is in 2024 Mm -hmm. with over $300 million in assets, what would that conversation be like?
2: I guess it would be some element of satisfaction and uh, uh, pride, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also just sort of sheer joy for the community. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, and uh, um, to see organizations that are prospering, um, and you know, those are dollars that have stayed here, and also the just the huge expanse of people that are. Are involved, mm-hmm. you know. I read through that that annual report every year and and uh, see the number of trustees. Right. You know, and how many are, how many trustees do you have now?
1: So we're uh, we're up at one hundred and fifty. Okay. Uh, and that's unusual. Did we, did we cap it at one hundred and fifty? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The bylaws yeah. cap at one hundred and fifty, and then we actually added the young trustee program, mm-hmm. which was uh, not in the bylaws, but yeah. they're not a voting group; they're just a kind of yeah. an educational group. So, right. but.
2: You know, talking to Jim and Jim, um, the it was satisfying for us to have people that bought in to this this idea, and and we weren't sure at the at the time. But mm. um, you know that that would be some of our greatest reflection, I guess, if we were to get together and say, "Well done."
0: <laughs> I, one of the things that I think is uh, truly a, a a terrific characteristic about the foundation is the development of leaders and the idea of being philanthropic within your community Mm -hmm. can you comment on that
2: that was part of the initiative as well early on when we talked about education Mm -hmm. what part of it was education about the foundation itself but also education about the importance of philanthropy and uh, and that's part of i mean i love the the title of this uh, initiative, philanthropy today, right. I think is mm-hmm. what you call it, and uh, um, I think that's the right message. And it's not for everybody, but that's okay, and uh, um, yeah, I th- I think that would be the sort of the underlying message of the of this uh, initiative.
0: You know, and we have the trustees, we also have the young trustees, mm-hmm. and YIC Youth Impacting Community, yeah, and you know, all of these things are just you know. In, in their effective training grounds mm-hmm. is that something that you know when you when you look at you know you and and your your company the trust company mm-hmm. you know this is uh this seems to be consistent with some of the professional perspectives that you bring mm-hmm. from a business perspective
2: yeah we we've always had a uh, a strong interest in, in promoting philanthropy and, and community service, Mm -hmm. you know, within Mm -hmm. the company. And, and some of it's just, frankly, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I love meeting people and, and, uh, you know, you see a project and say, or, or some need and you say, well, let's go fix it, you know? And, uh, and I think for the most part, you know, we've, uh, um, been, reasonably successful in doing some of that and and uh, but some of it like i said is just fun yeah. you know we had lots of meetings drank a lot of beer <laughs> <laughs> built <laughs> a lot of management. relationships yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know roasted a few hogs you know mm, that sort yeah. of thing so
0: when you look back at what has happened in 25 years let's look forward to the next 25 years yeah. something that you might offer as a, as a goal or something that you'd yeah. be hopeful to see I, I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna switch that around just a okay. little bit, Dave, because one of the phrases that I often use with charitable organizations as they're wrestling with issues and that sort of thing. and, and I often say, well, hopefully this organization will be you know uh, sitting around this table. 500 years from now debating what are they going to do with this you know yeah. they kind of go 500 My God, that's a long that's longer than the united yeah. states you know i said yeah but forever is a long time right. and uh uh and and that's what i i, I try to get people to th- think long think big think big and think long term mm-hmm. and uh yeah. so uh yeah that uh is certainly part of the the initiative i guess
0: do you see any um uh- Thing that uh, just really stands out is what may be the biggest challenges facing not just here in Manhattan, but any community foundation.
2: I usually don't think about that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we'll just we'll just l- well, we'll just let me let, let, let me. How about leadership? That's that's important, you know and uh uh, nobody's indispensable but my leadership counts a lot why'd
0: you just look at Vern when you said that
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's younger than i am but just barely
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's been certainly a delight to have you in and and get some uh, some very deep historical perspective on the greater manhattan community foundation and and uh, i would like to think that uh, you and Jim Morrison and Jim Gordon just, you know, got to be beaming whenever you think about some of the things that have transpired with the foundation over the last 25 years.
2: Yeah, well, it was it was kind of fun at the time and getting it started. We, You know, when you don't have any real clear idea of what's going to happen, it's a little scary. Um, But on the other hand, if you've got. You know, good principles and good people, and and uh, things tend to work out.
1: Well, Mark, I would say your your fears have led you to uh, to found the the largest community foundation in the state of Kansas. Now, the uh, the foundation that has the most partners in mm-hmm. the state of Kansas, the foundation that has granted the most money in the state of Kansas, and and I would say I didn't the, know uh, all that stuff actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say the foundation that's got the uh, the greatest community members as well. And yeah. so we thank you for your vision you and your, your support and your service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's been a delight to have you here today. Thank you. you bet.
0: Thank you for joining us for philanthropy today, an inside look at the greater Manhattan community foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in, in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas.